Previously on Wild Endeavors. In the wake of the debacle at the Blue Moon, the party struggles with the repercussions. They manage to avoid a prolonged stay in the Primarchy prisons by making a deal with the High King's daughter. As they trace down other leads, they discover a teleportation circle that had recently been used by the Silence, though this too will prove to be a dead end if they can't find someone to make sense of the arcane runes. To say nothing of the cost such help carries. This is the Shadows Campaign, featuring Adam Rogers as a human fighter, Hans Greger. What do you feel about, like, a really dumb plan? Amy Jostino as the tiefling thief, Calico Bane. Well, you see, there was a horse. Devin Salisbury as the elven thief, Theron Nilo. I doubt anybody would recognize my face right away. Evan Chamberlain as the elven wizard, Leandros Lubakar. Honestly, I wasn't going to restrain her. I was going to kill her, but... And joining us in spirit only this week, Nick Feely, the human paladin, Elief Kin. That's fine, but I'm asking you, what do you want me to lie about? And I'm Thomas Marsetti, your DM, and the creator of such fan-favorite NPCs as Ella Burgess. Oh, you're cute. If I was ten years younger, maybe you and I could be uh, talking about some other things. And now, Chapter 11, The Obsidian Rose. Five of you are in your room at the Silver Unicorn. Aurelius has just left after providing you with another potential lead. Now you must decide what the next step will be. I think the plan was to we're probably going to chill and rest and then try to I think we should try to sneak our way to the tower. We have to sneak into the tower or can we just like walk into the tower? Well we're not going to sneak into it I just meant like not draw attention as we get make our way there. But yeah, you should not have come across that, like, you need... Oh, I know what it was. We wanted... The guards are going to be following around. King's Guard, so that's that's what it was. So we needed to figure out a way to get there where they're not necessarily following us unless, like, we pretend that, like, Elief is on a, on a college visit or some shit. Like, <laughs> maybe that... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to drop them off at school. <laughs> I think we should be okay getting in there. I mean, the guards are probably more keeping an eye on us, making sure we don't cause any trouble, I think, more than anything. Yeah, I guess I think, the guards, they know that our mission is to find out information, so I guess we'd be seeking them. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like inevitably they'll probably find out something, you know, wherever we go. It was more about the gardeners. We don't want to be caught with them. Exactly, exactly. We don't want yeah. to lead them into the fray. Yeah, so, I mean, does anyone want to stop by the... Was it a blacksmith? She said that the blacksmith named Vowel Tor seemed kind of shady. But we also have the gardener guy just saying, no, go to the towers. Do we? Yeah, that, well, I think the big thing was is that we know that the Annex Love really just are in it for money. So yeah. any information we gather could then be bought by other people. And okay. so if we're trying to be discreet going through them, or even if we ask the them best. questions, they'll tell other people. Exactly. Like knowing that we're looking for the information is information in itself. 
that's deep. I like it. If we still have any questions after we go to the tower, I say maybe Then should go into the tea room like with his mask on. Just ask around so nobody knows who he is. Well, if we make our way that way, I mean, and we're trying to track the lead there that we need to. I just don't want like those to go to waste. Spend all that time talking to him. Well, well, I mean, it also, it could just be, you know, something we can fall back on should we need it. If we have this info now that at our disposal to use whenever. So we don't think like we could just take Leandris back to the, he was with us at the portal so he couldn't do anything essentially there, so. Yeah, like he knew it was a teleportation circle that you've got the runes so like you could use that as an address to teleport but I also think that you are not quite at teleporting level yet. You can do it if you have enough time and preparation. You basically have to do it as a ritual. But this guy at the tower is like an expert on teleportation supposedly. So did we want to head over there under cover of night or just go during the day? Would we know if they're like active in the tower at night as well? Like, or would most of them, would we know if they're sleeping or whatnot? It depends on how familiar you are with academies or university type institutions. I don't know. I say we just wait until morning. All right. Is Felix here? You could call him. Felix. Felix. Yes. Master Then, how can I help you? It's a quick question. The college, are they open at all times, or is it more of daytime? Which, which one? Okinora. He gives you a little nod of deference and then says, uh, Yes, I believe that the campus and its facilities are open at all times, although some of the more sensitive areas, as well as the faculty and a number of the student-only areas, are off limits uh, during the night. I appreciate that. Of course. So I say good night's rest, head over to the college or whatever the hell it's called, academy. That'd be good. I would, um, if I can, try to like to sneak out of my room without anybody noticing. Yeah, I think that you can just do that. I'll say I'll, I'll wait till they're sleeping, and if I have to, I'll like I'll shadow step or do what I got to do. Okay. So before you do that, because if you're gonna wait a little while, Calico, as you guys are kind of settling in for the night, maybe had some like food brought up to the room or something like that. Kind of just, as I said, kind of just settling in for the night. You notice a small cat sitting outside the silver unicorn is kind of sitting on the curb looking up at your window and it has a very peculiar collar on the kind of collar you recognize i will go to the cat so the the cat has a message on its collar that says the rain should pass soon sunset brings pleasant nights and i'm going to text you that translation okay um and i'll respond accordingly Got it. Thank you. And so then, Than, you sneak out later in the evening. I would like to search for uh, one or a group of the Queen's Guard and either ask, it inform them, you know, I, I would assume they probably know, know or recognize me in some way and inform them that I would either like to speak with the Queen or send a message to her. They will take a message to her. Because I think that they don't, like, they don't, recognize you like right off like oh hey it's then but they right. were told like hey this shady looking elf might come give a give you a message to give the queen uh i basically would like to give them some sort of coded message in a way that uh would make sense to the queen okay <laughs> basically giving her the lowdown okay just like what you found out yeah okay and i want like i said i wanted to do this as discreetly as possible if i could let's roll a defy danger dexterity for that 11. All right, you're able to do that without any problem. And then I'll sneak back. Likewise, I'll say that you get back to the Silver Unicorn without arousing any suspicions or attracting any unwanted attention. Later that same night, 
After Than has settled into his meditative trance for the evening, you are suddenly jerked back to consciousness. Cloud is shaking you and staring you dead in the eyes. She's almost like nose to nose, shouting in your face. You can't make out what she's shouting because it feels it's that same kind of like humming like when you were deaf in the aqueduct and you realize immediately like that your chest like it won't move you can't breathe in fact almost every muscle in your body is locked up and tense and you can feel the the life draining out of you like you don't have long to live in this condition oh can I, I can't move at all, turn my head, look around? No. All right, great. Can I, can I think? Yes. Like, I, thank you. Um, I want to think, like, <laughs> talk to Cloud and be like, what is going on? No, scratch that. What the fuck is going on? You hear her voice back in your head. From where does never dying scorn exonerate? Is there any type of rule that I can make to somehow make sense of what she's saying? I feel like I've heard Scorn mentioned somewhere before. Maybe. So I'm going to say you you don't have time to do a lot of things. If you want to spend some of that time trying to figure out what that meant, I'll let you. Like, I don't know what's happening to me. It feels feels more organic. It feels like something inside you is is making everything seize up is like make is basically killing you is there any way that i can use the etherealness to focus in on where it's at and attack it yeah i mean you could you could do any of those things i want to try that like if i can focus if i can focus in on what's like hurting me or doing something to me i want to i'd want to do that okay so go ahead and roll your plus whiz 11 okay some marking more shadow point for you using the ether energy kind of like that that probing way that you have before you get this really weird sensation of like looking inside yourself and it's it's more almost like looking at it in terms of like auras and energies and it you can see that there is like this black substance flowing through your veins I just like overflow my entire body with ether somehow to like push it out. I don't know. Yeah, I, I probably recognize it as a as some sort of poison of some sort, and maybe it try to like seems that way. Yes, and maybe maybe try to remove it or extract it with the ether somehow. I yeah, I like that idea of like trying to push it out by like bringing a bunch of ether into yourself. So go ahead and roll that um, as shadow as well. Uh, oh wow, eleven again. So as you just you just start pulling in as much ether as you can, and you can, as it's happening, like there's that the darkness is starting to kind of creep in on the edges of your vision, as you can feel like not the darkness of the ether, it's the darkness of you're slipping away, like you're dying as you do this, and you can feel that that cold chill start to kind of ripple through your body, that the feeling of the ether just pulling in that that huge amounts of amount of it, and then that cold comes rising up into your chest and that chill becomes more like a freezing cold so cold it almost hurts just kind of like a cork coming out of a a bottle of sparkling wine there's a gush of black liquid comes spewing out of your mouth you're suddenly able to move again and you're able to like turn to the side of the bed and you spend the next couple of uh next 10 or so minutes just vomiting that this black gunk and goo and when you're done 
doing that, when you can finally kind of catch your breath, you just pass out from exhaustion. So, Fantastic. But hey, you didn't die. In the morning, the dawn doesn't seem to creep into the room so much as it kicks down the door. Everyone who is not Fen jerks awake to the full light of the day streaming in through the window. Headaches immediately begin pounding in your skulls. Nausea roils in your stomach. This is the most epic hangover feeling ever. If the wolf pack had felt this way, the entire movie, The Hangover, would be just them lying on the ground moaning. And then maybe we wouldn't have had two terrible sequels. But that's not the point. The point is, the only thing that motivates you to move is that you notice that Than is lying on the bed. Face down, black gunk all around him, all over him, all over the bed and the floor, and he is barely breathing. Does it smell? Super pale. Yes. Yeah. Super super pale, cold sweat. I just kind of like sigh and I'm stick my head out the door. Felix, I want to catch a catch for or call for a cleric. I think he's dead. You hear some movement downstairs. Somebody start like starting to move quickly. I think then you do kind of wake up at that point. You are incredibly weak. Can kind of barely you know lift your head, but enough to you know, join in the conversation. <laughs> Whoa! Well, let's go. What's going on, guys? Uh, we were wondering the same thing. Oh, shit. I feel like shit. I, I think somebody poisoned me. Want to poison you? Huh. Many people probably. I don't know. How they would have poisoned... Do I... Can I... Is it... Am I able to move around a little bit? Can I see if there's any, like, puncture wound on me of any type? As you roll back off of your side, you hear the, the crumpling of a piece of parchment, like, that was under... Like, that you had rolled over onto and you started throwing up. Oh, shit. And it's it's pretty smudged. It's pretty, you know, it's got a bunch of that, of your gunk on it. Um, of course. But you can still just make out the word uh, silenced. Oh, shit. That seems to be a problem. And I think also, like, other people in the party were in the room. Oh. And they slept through all of it. Like, the, the that good, like, ten minutes of you vomiting and dry heaving and thrashing around, like... That apparently didn't wake them up. And it's probably safe to assume that they were poisoned as well, then. Well, shit. There's a knock at the door at the same time that it is opening. Into the room steps Felix, still knocking on the door. And he immediately bows his head in deference and says, I've sent for a helo. Who is hurt? Who? And then he sees that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it appears yeah, so maybe my, that our companion... I want to call a maid up here as well. It's starting to stink. So unless you all really want to roleplay the healer coming, the cleaning up of Fan and the room, we'll treat this next bit as a montage. So what would you like to do during all of that or afterward? I'd like to take a bath if they have one. <laughs> uh, I feel like I need to go talk to the gardeners after they tried to take them out. Not them, but Silence tried to take them out. Yeah, you can send another message if you want, or do you want to go there? Um, I'll go there. Okay. I'll look okay, to the so just remind you that the... Everybody who's not Fen is also, like, experiencing the worst hangover of their lives. So were we all poisoned? It probably Probably seems like it, yes. You guys have probably can piece together. It seems like the group as a whole was poisoned so that they would sleep through it. And then Fen was given the the extra good stuff. Yes, please fetch the healer. I feel horrible. And I go and... (laughs) Um, I go. I walk out of the room to go get something to eat. <laughs> and you look how I feel there, Leandros. 
Word can't hurt me. I'm sitting out down the hall. <laughs> can I look for like signs of like how they entered? Is it obviously like through my window? Through the it, can I see if there's a way like they came through the door? You are still having some trouble sitting up, so you probably can't do too much. Okay. Um, if you are like looking from the bed, you can kind of do that. That's if you want to try, I'll that. try that. Why not? Okay. Roll discern realities. Natural twelve plus okay. one. I was gonna say twenty. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so you can get three of those questions if you want, or you can use your um, ancients. I'll use uh, my ancients if I have to. I want to. I want to find out what the <laughs> fuck happened. What the fudge happened? So as your eyes scan the room and you flash back through those multitude of lives that you live, you recall that there was actually never a time that the silence targeted you. Kara always prevented them from coming after you. And even in the iterations where she had died by this point, the members of the silence always honored her wishes that you never be touched unless you moved directly against them. So it seems incredibly unlikely that this was actually the silence. Um, Oh, shit. I'm trying to give you as much as I can without giving it away. Again, in all those iterations... Any type of threat like this that you faced never came from an unknown source. They came from people that you knew but had not suspected. Like like Cerulean? Um, there are certainly timelines where the Cerulean Sons did come after you. But in all the timelines where you face very serious threats, they are but one of many. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it didn't feel like silence mo because they usually make sure they're they're dead or dead i think from what you know of them yeah um i mean this this could be the actual class itself be a number of things goodness (laughs) Um, i'll I'll just i'll reconfirm to the rest of the group that um we're definitely being watched by other people this wasn't the silence this wasn't their mo and uh perhaps we should uh have a, a like a watch duty from now on. I'll I'll, I'll wait for the healer now and okay. uh, tell tell him to start the hot bath. <laughs> <laughs> um, Calico, do you want to wait for the healer as well, or did you want to to go report? Um, I just wanted to go report that we were like to talk to them because since we all seem to be poisoned, um, that it was more dangerous than the gardeners originally thought. Okay. Um, having these people here, so so Calico, you can report in that you guys were attacked. Um, I think probably given the situation, like you maybe sending like a cat would be better than going, you know, running across the city, particularly because there is a healer coming. So I think the healer comes, everybody's back. The, the, this cleric is able to do some minor restoration on the four uh, who are not Fen, kind of clears up any of that, the, the residual from that. Confirms it does definitely seem like a like a sleeping potion, but says that they're not they don't know a whole lot about poisons. That's not they're not usually typically healing people who've been poisoned. When they come to Fen, they say that there's there's not much that they're able to do for you. It's clear that whatever poison you were given was like significantly strong that you you should not have lived and that you know based on that it's like hard to say like what will really help other than like letting the rest of it work out of your system Um, so until that happens your strength 
dexterity and constitution are reduced to nine. Oh, okay. So yeah, just make a note of that, that because I think that should take those so they have a zero. negative modifier. No, they have zero. Zero, okay. Um, and then your constitution, that will change your hit points until you get the rest of the poison out of your system. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So the healer does all that, leaves. Felix says that he's he's paid them. He feels you know awful that this happened as an establishment privacy and protection of the gases uh, you know it's uh, the highest priority and like he is just beside himself so that, that, that this has happened and so then at like ask is there anything else that he can do for you in the meantime or would you just like to rest i uh, hand him the parchment and ask him if there's any way he could find out any information from it based on either where parchment came from or handwriting ink anything he says, of course, I, I will I will check with my sources. And uh, I think rest will be in order for me. Uh, so he takes the parchment and leaves. And so now the the five of you are alone again. So now Are we all sick? The rest of you are fine now. Like, healed. Yeah. Hmm. Did we drink any of that wine? I'm sure that you had wine w- at dinner. <clears throat> so not ne- not specifically the wine we took from you. Then, uh, then is very strictly a water diet for Zen. <laughs> <laughs> He's been okay. that way since like day one. Right. So. <laughs> I'm also if if there's uh, some like cloth that has that black gunk that I was throwing up, I'd like to say like a little cloth of it just in case. Sure. Yeah. You could have you could have set some of that si- that aside or asked somebody to. Yeah. So. Okay. Perhaps get it tested by some alchemist or something. If only you knew somebody who was familiar with poisons who could look at that. Who might be an alchemist. Oh, shit. I can look at it. <laughs> Calico, would you be willing to? I can see what I discern. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to test that. I think, yeah, if you have if you have a little bit of time to work with it, I'm, I'm not going to make you roll for that. You know what you're doing. You've got the poisoner and alchemist skills. Um, yeah. Yes. So you work out that it is so it's a it's a poison called abyss tears there is no antidote it should have killed him almost immediately after um it was administered to him here i'll say actually if you roll a spout lore to see how much more that you know about abyss tears eight eight okay Okay, so I'm supposed to tell you something interesting. It's up to you to make it useful. It is not a terribly common poison, but there are groups that operate in Arthamore that definitely use this poison. Okay. Do I know which groups? Not at the moment. I think you're 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 drawing a blank, but you've you've remember you've heard talk of it. Um, you know, t- it, maybe your poison vendors have talked about selling the things that used to make it. You can't say for sure, but you know that people probably in the the, the thieves guild trade in Arthamore have made and have used this poison, which is very uncommon. I'm like, wow, Calico, I mean, I thought you were like the master of poison this whole time, and somehow with you in our midst, even you get poisoned. Do you think we should call your boss and see if he knows what happened? I'm sure he'll be okay with me figuring it out on my own. I am well-versed enough to do that. Do you think that he might know what, what groups that you can't seem to remember anymore that might have, that might have been using this poison before? <laughs> Look, 
I was also poisoned, so give me a little bit of a break. Um, I sent him a message uh, about what happened, so we will look okay. to see if he responds. Uh, I'd say perhaps uh, if you have the time, we could ask some of the vendors if we need to, who maybe has been buying uh, the ingredients, maybe track down where that's going. God, I am weak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, maybe you should rest, and we should leave you alone. Um, so it doesn't seem like Ben's really in any shape to like go with us to Hogwarts. I'll go. I, I mean, just, you know, I think after a while, like you know, getting into like the afternoon, he's able to sit back up and like to even like stand up and walk around. He's he's very weak, but the healer between the healer and some rest, like he's mobile. He can get around, but he's. He's just gonna be a little, like little a bit slower now. <laughs> if you want. Now, would the uh, aqueduct, a, it, unless it's necessary? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I think that like if you run for a little while, you're gonna get out of breath much faster. You've noticed you're probably just a little bit slower. Things that you know were super fast at before, you're like, man, that that sucks. Which you're still. My, you're still. My parkour days are over. <laughs> for the time being, but like you're like you're still skilled enough that like compared to a normal person you can probably still do some pretty impressive thieving but just not like okay fen level are the baths ready yet i'm sure yeah you guys could you guys could have bat- bathed okay bath is it like a bubble bath i hope it's a bubble bath uh i'm sure that that you could request it and felix would give you a bubble bath it's for my healing, man. <laughs> He'll even watch you if you want, you want him to. No, no, that's quite okay. <laughs> so does anyone think we should, like, <clears throat> try to secure, like, some untainted water and stuff that we know that no one else is going to touch and we ingest? Mm. Oh, what? Okay. I think everybody that would agree, like, having not poisoned food would be good, but... Uh... Yeah. But we don't know what poisoned us? Or where? We could gather. We could probably gather some like dry food rations, and like gather some water ourselves, as opposed to having it delivered to us. If that's what you're worried about, where's okay. e- I mean, where's Elias? Did he did he run off? Um, I think that after the healer came and healed them, and you guys are going to kind of rest. He said he was going to go to the temple and, and pray. I think he felt bad that like you know he's the he's the paladin of Helm, the protector, and then this happened to like everybody while he was there so Damn. he's gonna go prey on that yeah that he's gonna sense. lose his faith soon i almost guarantee it <laughs> <laughs> okay so what other than getting some some dry rations and some food I'm, I'm, that you can trust to store in the room what are you guys gonna do i'm down to uh, make our way to uh, college okay yeah so you guys can um all head out so this will probably be like just getting to early evening, probably just before like uh, like supper time. The the college is easy enough to find. Everyone kind of knows where it is too. Like if you need a, a point in the right direction, it is a, you know pretty good size uh, campus, which with a bunch of smaller buildings kind of clustered around five towers in the center. And like in the in between those five, there's a large like mall type area. And so as you kind of come into the college, you can kind of see right down like one of the main avenues to that, and see like the various. Like probably students and teachers kind of like scattered about the mall like either talking or you know doing like a like a little class and like little flashes of magic as soon as you step on to campus your mask disappears then understandable (laughs) (laughs) so Um, 
So what's their like uh, enrollment like? Did it drop like when half the town got decimated, or is it still pretty steady or back on the uptick? Are you, are you asking somebody about that, or like just <laughs> from what you can say? <laughs> There's, I mean, there's still a pretty good number of people around. Um, it's hard to say, too, because, like, you can't see in all the buildings. But definitely doesn't, like, look abandoned or, or anything like that. It's still a pretty prestigious magic school. And if, in fact, in anything, probably one of the safer places in the city, just given, you know, all their, their wards and whatnot. Well, we really, really should have, like, stayed here. <laughs> well, if we have that option... Okay. Um, Look at all these amateurs learning how to become wizards. Mm. Reminds me when I was young. But of course, I didn't go to an institute like this. I was homeschooled. I had to find the teachers brought to me. <clears throat> Who? That explains your social skills. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So I think that it's a pretty easy matter of, you know, catching somebody as they walk by um, and just say you're, you're looking for Orthorn and they, they were able to point you to one of the towers. Going into the tower, there's somebody at like a, you know, just a little desk sitting in a foyer. It's actually a pretty good size. I think these towers are, the lobby area is a good like 300 feet across. There's two massive like stairways curving up the outside of the walls um, leading to, you know, the upper levels. And just a you know a little like receptionist type desk there in the in the center of the lobby. You know, a little half elf woman, very cheerful. You know, asks if she can help you. If you ask where Orthorn is, she you know tells you up up the stairs, down the hall, that sort of thing. And that will bring you to. So this is, you'll be on the second floor. There's just a little you know there's a little office kind of space with uh, the name Orthorn written on the like on the door jam um as you approach you can kind of see inside it's a it's not the largest of room it's definitely like a, a college professor size office based on what you can tell from like the the architecture and like seeing it outside like there should be a window in this room but there are bookshelves floor to ceiling on all the walls so they you know she put a bookshelf up over her one window Nice. And on the bookshelves is just this uh, this incredible variety of books and like little knickknack sort of thing. There's some there's like a top that's just kind of spinning. It's not you know it's not wobbling or ever falling down. It's just spinning and spinning and spinning. There's a couple jars of things like in them moving. Like one, it looks like a couple of willow wisp type things just kind of flying around in them. In one of them, it looks like a like a tiny dragon skeleton that turns to look at you guys as you enter. So a bunch of those types of things around this room and kind of all over her cluttered desk. Orthorn herself sitting at the the desk is looks to be an older human woman. Her hair is starting to kind of go salt and pepper. She looks a little just a little bit hunched over, a little bit more than she should be for what you think her age is. Like you know the rest of her doesn't look old enough that she should have a hunch. So you guys are standing just outside the door. What do you? How do you want to proceed? I feel like we do like the, like knocking on the, the side of the door thing and like kind of peeking in. Okay. She looks up as as soon as you knock and says, "What do you want?" <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Is it the same woman we saw the other night? No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no. I I panicked and did the did a voice. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> She's like. Well, don't just stand there gaping. What do you want? Um, 
Uh, I, I, pardon us. Are you Orthon? No. I am. Uh, <laughs> come, come in. I can uh, barely hear you. You're all mumbling. I'll just so walk in closer. In, I feel like, can I ask her, like, can I, we close the door? She narrows her eyes at that. And then you see there's an an orb sitting on like the, the front corner of her desk. It looks as like when you'd walked in, it was looked like just like a crystal ball, but now it's grown kind of smoky inside and the smoke is kind of swirling around. And so like, as you ask that, she like, he narrows her eyes at you and then looks down at the orb and then looks back at the lot of you. And she says, I see, B. Yes, close the door. I like smile at her like, thank you (laughs) Um, so as you are closing the door she is kind of like fumbling around like she's looking for something in her robes but forgot which pocket it was in and then finally pulls out a little bag that rattles a little bit and she shakes the bag then with one hand like clears some of the, the papers off her desk and leaves like a little area open she dumps the bag out a bunch of they would almost look like dice, but like if it was like a six-sided die, it'd be like really long <laughs> in one dimension, probably almost like four or five times longer than, so more like a rectangle, but with six sides. And on each of the four long sides, you can see that there are various runes drawn. And so seven of these kind of topple out onto the desk and she kind of sits just studying them for a little bit. And she says, Ah, yes. Akobadahai never lies. She just kind of waves at the, the orb on the corner of her desk, and that, that smoke disappears. And she says... Leandros, he very audibly yawns. <laughs> uh, Orthorn says, It seems we may be of use to each other. Do you know who we are? Should I? She's that eyeing Than now. She says, oh, oh my, come on, sit. Like, you look like you're about to fall down. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm walking around, like, the, the room and, like, playing with books on the bookshelf, and I, like, walk over to where the spinning top is and, I, like, try to touch it. <laughs> when you move towards the top, she says, don't touch that. <laughs> it's best if we don't uh-huh. touch anything in here. Yes, it would be best. We are, we are seeking um, some help, some information, and little guidance here. Uh, we were told by a mutual friend that you were the one to talk to. She has been looking at you very hard um, as you as you said that. She reaches over into like a, a drawer in her desk and, and pulls out like a little pot of ink and sets it right in between her and you on the desk. And as you finish talking, she's been like looking down at the ink and then looking back at you and then back to the ink, and then back to you. And then she, she says, Egan, your pardon, but may I ask how it is you came to have such an ancient soul in so young a body? Well, that's a far much longer story to explain. She looks at the ink pot again, like she's expecting something, and then, and then back at you, and then slowly takes it off the desk, and very well. Tell me what it is you wish from me. Well, we, uh, we had to understand that you are a very well, uh, really well off arcane, uh, uh, user. I don't know the terms, I'm sorry. Spit it out. <laughs> what do you need? We had, um, we had come across a circle of teleportation, I believe, is what they call it. And, um, 
We're trying where? to track where it leads. Well, very, very well. I, this is a thing I could do. Where did you come across such a circle? Are you snooping around the school? No, not the school per se. Um, but uh, it probably would benefit you to know, or the college to know, of such dangerous things within the city. Agreed. And what is it you wish to know about this portal? Uh, we're trying to track down who used it and where they went. Why? We are, <laughs> we are seeking them. Why else would we need to find the person? <clears throat> Why? Oh, for the love of Christ, woman, you're divining about everything. Why don't you just divine about that with your crystal ball? She gives you a dirty look and then looks back to Than. I'm searching with someone close to me. Okay. Just okay. not currently close to him. <laughs> That's the problem. Yes. Very well, Hans. She, she looks at Hans and then rolls her eyes. and um, She says, <laughs> "I yes, uh, I could do this thing. Um, you would have to take me to the circle, but I could tell you where it has gone. This is not a simple thing. I would require something of you first. Well, it seems everybody wants something from me. I yeah. pipe up and um, say, Leandros has many. <laughs> <laughs> she gets even more serious and looks you right in the eyes then. And she said, I see your dagger flashing in the dark. I could use a hand capable of such deeds. Do we have an accord? Very well. Very well. I have to, like pull my sword out and I'm like, why? Well, you know, I'm pretty good with this sword. <laughs> if I do say so myself, and then I put it back into the scavenger. That's good. I there is a person I need you to take care of for me. She pulls out a dagger from in her robes, and I think you notice that this time she knew exactly where it was. Like, she didn't have to look for it, she just pulls out this dagger. It's a fairly long stiletto-type dagger. Looks like it's made of bone, and there is a sapphire as the pommel. She says, I will need you to use this both to find and to kill this person. And what is this exactly? This is an instrument to find them. I have, over many years, imbued it with powers to find <laughs> this person. She takes the, the knife then and, like, cuts her hand and lets the blood kind of, you know, pool onto the, the, the blade a little bit. And then as she pulls it away from her hand, you see the blood kind of just, like, absorbs into the blade, and the, the blade is then clean again. She she turns it around and hands it to you handle first. Before I grab it, the name? The name is part of the problem. I cannot say for sure. Over the many decades they and I have fought, I have seen them in many shapes, and by my by many names. I'm not sure they even know their true shape or name anymore. I simply call them Votak Sidhus. It means lying bitch, more or less. <laughs> okay. This is a woman. She has been, but then again, he has been a man, and an elf, and a dwarf, and a gnome. They are a master of deceit and will murder without provocation. 
If you slice your hand with this dagger and let it taste your blood, it will lead you to them. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was, that was Devon that said that. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, hmm, that's something. <laughs> P- playing to the character, anything for his sister. <laughs> he accepts it. Like, she motions for you, too, like, again, just kind of, just to cut your hand a little bit. Again, like, the the blood that's on the blade like seeps into it as soon as that happens it almost feels like um, it's not actually being tugged in a direction but it feels like the dagger wants to be moved in a direction somewhere to the north okay orthorn says good good it seems to be working i can teleport you from here to near the person they would sense immediately if I was coming after them. But with this dagger, you should be able to get close enough to kill them without being detected. Certainly, the runes seem to think you would be most apt at this. Is, is Master Then going alone? He can take you with him. I look at Leandros and I say, is that okay, sir? Are we not all going? No, oh, yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah. Okay, I, I thought at yeah. first he was gonna go on, on his own. Because he only did the hand cutty thing. I don't oh, want to cut no, my I... hand, but I want to go. <laughs> Orthorn says it's 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 very important that you kill them with this dagger. It may be the only way to kill them. Are we on a time crunch, or the sooner you do this for me, the sooner I can help you. <sighs> very well. When you have killed them, the the dagger should be able to absorb just enough power uh, to guide you back. Uh, your wizard here should be able to use it as a focus to teleport back to here, assuming he can manage a spell of that power. Oh, oh. shot fired! Listen, listen here, woman. You know what they say, those who can't do teach, and you don't see me teaching, now do you? Do you see me teaching? Or are you asking for a lesson from me? <laughs> you, got, you got served, son. You got served. I knock over a crystal ball. Divine that. <laughs> oh, well, that's just mean. <laughs> it thuds on the carpet and then rolls against the bookshelf on against one side of the wall. And she just kind of you know, peeks around the desk at it and then looks back at you. It kind of gives you again a, a dirty look. Is it a fairly then, big carpet on the floor? Yeah, it's like, it, I mean, again, it's not a large room, but I think it covers most of the, most of the... Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So Do you want to know what color some. the carpet is? Or like, I don't know. Yeah. Go go is, there, is there a magical yeah. presence about it? Uh, that's all I'm no. asking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. With um, the kill stuff. Yeah, so she, she says, uh, if you're ready, I can send Do you it. now. When I felt this, like, pull to the north, was it, like, north, like, could I tell within the city or, like, way further? Right now, it's just to the north. Yeah, like a a subtle, like, pulse in that direction. It feels like the dagger is jerking that way, but, like, if you're looking at it, like, the dagger's not moving. It just makes it, you're, makes it feel like it's jerking that way. Okay. Well, you guys ready? You feel up to this? I think we should go. Very well. Do Do your worst. So she gets you all to kind of stand close together in the center of the room, then kind of like takes the the carpet and kind of like crumples the edges around you a little bit. And you can see where where she's pulling (laughs) the carpet back. It reveals um, like a circle of runes on the floor, very similar to the teleportation circle 
that you guys saw. Uh, and then she gets back behind her desk, um, begins, you know, some incantations. Some blue arcane energy comes, you know, around her hand and kind of swirls as she's doing the the motions. Then the runes around you begin to glow blue, and the light kind of begins to slowly kind of solidify like a wall of blue light around you. I think then you each feel like this yanking feeling, like a like almost like a like there was a fish hook in your gut that just got yanked forward and then that blue wall of light disappears and you guys find yourself standing in uh, a field um there's a few call small like copses of trees around and it's still you know early is there any sort of like road or path or is it just field as you like kind of look or look around you do see a fairly a fairly good sized road it's one of the few like paved roads and you also see a, a pretty good-sized river. And where those two are kind of like heading in the horizon to meet, you see a very particular-looking city silhouette that Fen recognizes immediately as Beacon's End. Yeah. And the, the dagger is still kind of making you feel like it's tugging towards the north, towards the city. <laughs> I just figured out who we had to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, man. <laughs> well, we'll see if you're right. This is a bad idea. So what well, would you guys like start to do? making our way that way. So yeah, it takes you it takes you a couple hours to get into the city. I I want to put the mask on. I clearly I don't want to look like myself at all. Sure, sure. Like your your shadow mask. Yeah. Like all black, right? Yeah, kind of all black with like slight hints of a face to it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's no problem. So. So I think you you make it into the city just as dark is falling over. The city, again, is very familiar to Than. This is where you trained with the Cerulean Sons, where you met the companions you would grow to call friends. The friends you now feel have abandoned you. In the Cerulean Tower, you would leave yourself a hint that led back to Arthamore, back to your sister. And following that path led you to Acton Manor, where you were attacked by fey spiders and taken to the ethereal plane. And the dagger is now tugging toward the direction of the Cerulean Tower. I, I, I mean, I'm following it, and I'm, okay. I'm, I want to lead them on a, a path like that I would know to like try to avoid the most commotion. Okay, so you know the best way to do that takes you around the city center, where the three rivers from the north meet and then split into the two southern rivers. This path takes you through all five districts of the city. Ryder, Bazaar, Port, Rainment, and finally to the Armory, where the Cerulean Tower stands. Okay. So it does take you a little bit longer to get there by that route. And so you, I think you're kind of coming up towards the tower from the, like the, the east side of it. Okay. You're probably like in an alley, maybe like parallel to like one of the main roads. And that road would go in front of the tower. Um, and you know that this alley would eventually lead to like one of the side walls around the, the courtyard of the tower. Theron, do you know where you're going? Yes, I... I've been here before. Just keep on a lookout. Let's do what we have to do and get out of here. How long has it been since you you were last here? Will people recognize you? Well, I have a mask on, so it should be hard. But did they not? Is the mask new? I'd rather not. I'd rather not think about it right now. Let's just get the job done. Okay. So you can get up to the walls of the courtyard without much 
uh, incident at all. Um, seems like pretty much like nobody's noticed you. So you can see that you know there's the the occasional patrol like walking around the top of the wall, and you can see some you know there's a couple lights still on in the tower. But getting to that time of night, that like it, things are starting kind of quiet down in the city, and clearly quiet down in the tower as well. So, how would you guys like to proceed? Is there guards posted up? There are some. You do see the occasional guard walking around the top of the tower. It doesn't look like there. You know, Did... there's a heavy guard presence. Um, there's not many people in Beacon's End that would, you know, try to attack the Cerulean Sons. Is there any way to use the minor illusion to keep the mask and add my old pin to my armor? I would let you do that. Yeah. I would like to do that, because I don't think I have it still. I think it was one of the things that I lost. Right. So I would do that. I can't remember his rank. It was pretty up there, though, wasn't it? It was a corporal, if I remember right. A corporal and a scion. So, like, knowing that I shouldn't have any, like, heads turn if I have, like, business, important business going on. You would suspect that the only thing that would turn head would be the fact that you're wearing a mask. Um, That's not, like typical apparel is, okay if i knew but, if i knew that ahead of time is there any way to like change my face would that be more like appropriate i think that would be tougher to do and main like to maintain that and the badge so if it was gonna you could do just like a black like blank face and the badge or you can do a, a like a detailed face and not the badge just make it a face people can trust I don't, do I, here's the question, do I recognize any of those guards that are around? Are they just, like, normal, like, low-rank foot soldiers that probably would? Yeah, I mean, I think from a distance, like, you know, from the other side of an alley, like, in the shadows, like, you don't recognize anybody that walks by, but, you know, I don't think Fen had too many friends in the tower either, so it's not like, to be like, hey, it's, it's Phil. <laughs> I'll just I'll uh, I'll focus on the badge and if I have to reveal parts of my face and whatnot I'll do that. I'll just throw like a, a hood up or whatnot. Okay. So what are the rest of you guys doing? Like what what's the plan here while Fen is making a badge? I don't know. I mean I feel like we just stick with him. If he has a cerulean badge on, he's leading it appears to be leading us somewhere that might seem fairly official. Listen listen here, listen here. If just just follow my lead I'm bringing you in because you have information on some nasty people. They okay. should let us through. And so that's the plan. Okay. So you're going to head to the front, like the front gate, and try to just walk in that way? Yes. Yep. Okay. Le- leading uh, these guys along. Okay. All right. So we'll make our way. Approaching. Just acting casual. Okay. Just a couple of cool people being cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay. So as you approach the gates, um, you know the the guards standing you know, directly in front of it. Of course, you know, uh, call out for you to stop. It's, um, make way. These folks have some uh, important information about the Grimshaw. And you are? I'm Theron Nilo. I said okay. One of the guys ducks into like the little the gatehouse and comes back out just a just a moment later. He says, "Yeah, he's he's in the books. Let him in." And so they you know motion to like one of the the people in the the actual gatehouse like itself, and you hear like the the, the clinking noise that kind of start to raise up the the portcullis uh, to let you guys into the courtyard. As that is rising up, you hear like, a muffled explosion from inside the tower. Um, 
and you hear a number of voices start like shouting and then there is another explosion and one of the barrackses just off the courtyard bursts into flames and the guards are now running inside they're not waiting for the the portcullis to come up the rest of the way and there's a cry going up for like to you know raising the alarm everyone to arms sort of thing what are you guys doing i'll lean i'll, I'll lean to the rest of the group and say i, I don't know what's going on use the distraction let's go so we run well okay. yeah I, I looked at hans and went what did you do <laughs> Okay. So yeah, there's there's plenty of people running around at this point. There's people like have run out out of the tower, like towards the courtyard to try to figure out what to do with the fire. People running with buckets, like they're beginning kind of like a bucket brigade. But then you also hear the sound of fighting break out near the barracks. I mean, there's actually two of them. Like one of them is not burning, and the other one is like fully engaged at this point. Sneaking around is not very hard to do at this point. Like there's enough there's enough chaos. You guys can kind of just make your way through to the into the in the main hall. I'll, d- I'll draw my sword and, and I have the dagger still. Okay. So the, the dagger is now that you're in the towers, again, kind of yanking you upward. Or like, wa- it definitely wants to go up the, up the stairs. So I think that you make it up, you know, the first couple of levels without incident. And then as you kind of are coming up into the third level is when you, you come around one of the corners and see there are two Cerulean sons, uh, guards, um, fighting with five hooded figures, then you would recognize them as having the the Grimshaw dagger on them in, in some place. Then do you think we should engage or just, just ignore and keep going? Help what, help what we can. And I want to go and try to like stab one of them in the back if I can. I'll the run, Grimshaw. I'll, I'll the run Grimshaw, to make it clear. <laughs> That's a good distinction. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, you rush forward and roll for a backstab. Nine. Okay. You can choose one effect for your backstab. So you don't get into melee with them, you do extra damage, you create an advantage, or you reduce their armor. Okay. Um, I'll deal extra damage. Okay. So then it is 2d8 plus 1d6. Alrighty. Oh, man. 14. Okay, well that is enough to kill him. So what does that look like? <laughs> so it's like they're uh, they're he's mid fight between one of the other Cerulean sons, and like as soon as I see an opening, I just like run up, grab his head, and I just rake the sword through him, kind of thing, okay. like through his abdomen. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first time you've killed anybody with the demon sword. Oh shit! As... Oh, there was extra damage on top of that too. He had an oh, extra yeah, one damage. One. Okay, so fifteen. He's so he's. He's one extra dead. <laughs> Thank God. But so as you you feel the this guy's like lifeblood like running over the sword and like you know, down your hand, and then the warmth spreads into your body and you feel just a little bit more alive, a little bit more robust, and you are going to gain three temporary hit points. Hell yeah, I need it right now. So the rest of you see Fen run up and fuck that one guy up. What are you guys doing? I wanted to rush up and, and hack and slash the other guy. Okay. What are you What are you doing to him? Um, I have my sword, so I'm just gonna run up, slice like from the I don't know from the left side up. It's back. Okay. Yeah. Roll it up. Ten. Uh, that's a good hit. Nice. So roll your damage. So question in my um, 
starting moves, it says I for my um, signature weapon, it said plus two to piercing. Mm-hmm. Like, is that a specific hit, or is that any time I hit? Um, piercing uh, negates armor. So if this guy's wearing any armor, it would go through... It would basically... If he's wearing leather armor, it would count like he's not wearing any armor. But it doesn't just automatically add damage. Okay. Fighters, OP. Seven plus two, seven, so nine. Okay, so your slash catches them in an opening and rakes across their torso. It's not quite enough to take them out of the fight, but it's pretty close. You can go ahead, count up. I want to see what you're made of. <laughs> I'm going to use my throwing daggers at... What's the closest from shot? Um, there's three... I think you, you could get in range of just about anyone, particularly if you're going to throw at them. So there's three that have been unhurt and one that just got up, slashed up pretty badly by Hans. Um, I'll hit at the one that's been slashed up. It's 12. That is a very good hit. Go ahead and roll damage on that. Seven. So that dagger lands deep in the Grimshaw's side, and it staggers backward. It's like hitting the wall and stays standing only because it has that support at its back. Um, Leander just kind of waves his hands, makes some arcane circles around him, and then unleashes a couple of um, magic missiles out of both hands. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll the cast. Four. Okay. Um, mark experience. So mark experience, yes. Okay. I already did. So this bandit is thrusting towards one of the Cerulean Sons as you fire your magic missiles. The projectiles smash into the wall just centimeters away from where he was just moments ago. And because you failed, that means I can make a move as hard as I want. In that open space, between where your missiles hit and where the bandit is, you can see down the hallway, toward where it splits, and to the left, you see the flash of magic. It is just a single strobe, but you know that means there is magical fighting happening ahead of you. Gotcha. So, so there's definitely some casters going down. Right. My ego yeah. got hurt from earlier whenever the uh, the evil <laughs> witch lady said some bad things about. Maybe she <laughs> cursed you. No, she didn't. But she cursed me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay. Uh, so actually, I, I take the back. I actually rolled a five. If you're wondering, I, I rolled double ones. Okay. Yeah. Still the same thing. <laughs> still, still, still bad. Okay. I know. So, I was just letting you know. So Fen and Hans it's slightly are less bad. right in the mix uh, of this melee now between the two Ceruleans and the there's the four. Two unwounded and two wounded Grimshaw. I just want to yell out to Theron, we don't have time for this. We really need to hurry. I uh, ignore it. And uh, <laughs> I... Make my way up the stairs, but I still want to be like within range of one of the guys to try to take a swipe at him as I go. Not okay. like I'm not trying to leave. I'm just trying to make that like start where moving I'm in that closer. direction. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. So I think that you you will be leaving combat though, or like trying to break out of the melee. So go ahead and do a okay. defy danger dexterity. All right. Yeah, that's a four. Okay, mark experience. So, as you kind of uh, you know, you know, start to shift to like make your way past them, um, one of them sees you and slashes out at you. You're able to back away and and miss most of it, but you do take three damage. Am I considered outnumbered? Outnumbered? Yes. So I take oh, yeah. one damage. Okay. 
Or actually, I take no damage. Oh, your armor. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I have two armor now, and then my underdog gives me a plus two to armor. My serious underdog. Yes. We, we rarely fight. I don't know what all this is. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Um, okay, so yeah, so you take you take no damage, but it, you know he slashes into you, and because that was a that was close a hard fail, one of the one of the unwounded Grimshaw is able to kind of get under the defenses of one of the the sons, um, and and brings his dagger like right up into his throat, and kills one of the sons. Oh, so now shit. it's uh, there's only one other person in the fight with you guys who's on your side. So Hans, you see, you see Then trying to get away and, and catches a blade, uh, like in the stomach, but doesn't seem too hurt. And you are in this fight. So what, uh, what are you doing? The one that Calico hit, is that one dead? No. I'm gonna slash at that one sword. Okay. Roll it up. Uh, Thirteen. Uh, that'll definitely hit. Okay. Seven. Uh, that is that's enough. So what does that look like as you kill him? I feel like I run. Up. Towards it, and I mean, it's a sword, but like, kind of like I did with the girl in the shop, stab right up through. It's oh, like sure. chest, so like then might be facing it when that happens, and I just and as I uh, I pull it back pull out it and I push face. the guy forward at the same time, and he falls like flat on his face. Yeah, I like that. I think that's so. Like the guy turned to slash at Fen, and like Fen does that, like kind of like back up, like whoa. And then as that happens, you come around from behind, so that sword comes bursting out of this guy's chest. Fen uh, gets a little bit of blood on him, but then it's like, oh, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, and then I just Hans. look at Hans, and I'm like, oh god, I wiped it off. <laughs> okay, Calico. Throw a dagger at the wounded one. Okay. Are these your are these your daggers or that uh, handkerchief thing? Oh, I forgot about that. I have to use a special thing for that one though. Um, these are my daggers right now. Oh, okay, I see you got three throwing daggers. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Do you have a murderous handkerchief? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. Eleven. Oh, that's a good hit. So roll your damage. Eight. Okay. So that will kill him. Where do you? What does that look like? I just like murder. Throw the dagger and it lands right into his chest, like right where his heart is. Nice. Okay. All right. So after he would yell out that we don't have time for this, and seeing what basically just happened in front of him, takes his head. Same thing. You know, casts arcane um, symbols on his hands. Fires another couple of um, magic missiles okay. at uh, the one. It's one guy standing left, correct? Two. Two. Okay. okay. That's an eleven. Okay. Roll your damage. All right, I'm also using great and power with this. Okay. Um, so that'll maximize the effect of the spell, I guess. Um, you do have to take one of those. Remember those uh, those drawbacks. Draw unwelcome detention. Take a minus one on going to spell casting, or okay. you, the spell is forgotten. I'll take a minus one to the to casting. Okay. I did roll a four, so that's four damage. Is that right? No modifier yes. with that. Correct. Okay. Okay, I, I can't remember how this all works. It, like what Devin said, we don't fight often. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Fan, you are out of the melee. Uh, Hans, you would still be in, like, kind of engaged with the the two that are left standing and the one Cerulean. And Leandros and Calico are still, like, on the... are kind of a ways away, just kind of, you know, throwing uh, death into the mix. So, uh, who's doing what now? I mean, I want to keep... It's as then like moving up the stairs. 
I, I mean, I'll no, I'll push up and attack and finish, try to finish these guys off. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I want to so, like. I don't want. I don't want them coming up behind me while I'm heading out. I mean, okay. if I'm nearby one, I'll slash at another one. Do it up. Eight. Okay. Okay. You land your hit, but he's gonna get a hit back. I have iron hot. Can I use my advanced move when... if it's something that protects you? Yeah. Are advanced moves like I can use all of them, or I have to like say I'm using? Uh, well, if you have iron hide, that's just like always active. If it's if it's a passive thing like that, like you have plus one armor, that just just count that in. If it's one that's like when you do this, you have to you know you you can also do this, then you that's you have to tell me that you want to do that. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. Okay. I want to know. Well, I guess I didn't roll. Okay. So go ahead and roll your damage. Fourteen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is, uh, you're gonna kill him. How would you like to kill him? Oh, also, yeah, with that. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. So he's extra dead now. Yeah. Um. So that one, like, I feel like, <laughs> like I just like come up and you know killed that one dude, pulled him out, pushed him, and I feel like I turned around, like slit this next guy's throat. Away. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's here. And I want. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna capture the video just so everybody can see what Adam <laughs> I'm gonna have to it was start. Insane. Yes. <laughs> As you killed that one guy, you felt a sword slash across your back. So that's six damage, um, minus whatever armor you have. So three. Okay, so three nice. damage, and so then that slash is what kind of you're able to turn around and like and get that that throat cut because you <laughs> you know exactly where he is after he you know got that hit on hit on you so uh there's only one guy left and he has been injured it sounded like Than was going to be diving back into the mix oh yeah I'll, i'm jumping out of this fool okay. Am I, is he facing me or is he facing away from me i think you can get a backstab on him hell yes five plus one which is six that's all i got so mark your experience fantastic uh, and so i think that he sees like your shadow on the wall as you're coming in for the attack and he spins with his sword at you to kind of both block you, the attack and he's gonna do six damage but you have six damage you have two armor so that is four damage oh, god damn okay calico or leandros i'm gonna pull my short sword from the thing mm-hmm. um and run toward the one guy left and that's a nine okay with seven damage so he is able to make an attack on you as you come in so that's five damage minus any armor it's one guy guy. i know this guy's apparently like a mini boss is this is this is this hammer bro (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no it is not aggro no. it's the Grimshaw version of hammer bro okay so he's able to he's able to get an attack on like as as you slash like he's maybe able to come back up like to where your defenses are a little bit like down now um and ca- catches you on like maybe you know c- cuts you up the arm with his sword I'm gonna finish this guy off. Uh, he's pissing me off because he's impeding our progress. So one last time with the arcane symbols in the hands, mm-hmm. firing off magic missile one more time. Roll it up. Uh, it's ten. That's a good hit. Uh, four damage. Okay. 
Uh, so what is that? That's that'll kill him. What does that look like? So again, like I said, with the arcane symbols and the runes coming in, the, in his hands, and he's firing the missiles at him. Um, after he slashes at Calico, basically both uh, missiles strike him in the back, and it kind of blows him apart, sending chunks everywhere. Okay, covering people in in, in mess and gore. Um, so it's I don't think it's I don't think count. it's it's not quite like he totally splatters, but I think there are two like two big bits uh, like chunks of his back blow out, and so there is enough to like spray some blood on people, um, and he collapses with like two like craters in his back. Still pretty gross, but not like a full like. Uh, I wipe my face off again. Oh. <laughs> so the next set of stairways is just Can around. Can I get my throwing daggers back real quick? Yeah, okay. well, you can grab them on as you go. Um, yeah, you got my sword and all that too. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you make it up a couple more flights of stairs. The way that the the tower is set up, like the the stairs at this point don't all those go like they don't just go like straight up. You might have to like go down the hallway a little bit to catch the next stairway. Um, and so as you do, right, you can see that there's like you know there's fighting uh, in in most of the hallways at this point, or you can hear there's fightings in some of the rooms, which. Uh, at this point in the tower, a lot of the rooms are like actual people's rooms, so you can hear, you know, from see, some of the doors. So I walk past my old. So as you get up to the level with the are uh, the arcanum on it, um, you feel the the dagger tug a little bit more vi- violently than before, and it's tugging to the the floor. This time you can tell like right above you, which would be. I think it kind of described as kind of like it's a it's a large like meeting place type like almost like an arboretum type level. So there's you know some like greenhouse type windows on some of the on some of the walls that let in like some trees, almost like kind of like an indoor park and that. Okay. Okay. And you can hear some fighting going on up up there. Uh, I'll let the rest of the group know like it's whatever we're we're here for. It's it's right above us. Um, let's try to get in and get out as quick as we can. Agreed. Let's go. Try to be a little more careful and avoid conflict. <laughs> sure. So as you are making way, you're up the stairs, um, up into like this arboretum type area. You guys see like another flash of magic, just, just, just like kind of above you, or like a little ways like up on the on the level above. And then two cerulean guards kind of like jump in front of like the top of the, the staircase and they lower their shields and they they shout at you to halt i show them i, I show them my pin and i say i'm here to help do you have your mask on i, yeah. I don't think so okay um because i didn't want to i wanted to have more of my my pin than anything i think to get through things mm-hmm. i think i'm gonna make you parlay on this one just because of the chaos and the fact that like you're with a bunch of people who don't have cerulean apparel and all you have is the, the pin um so that is your all right your leverage would be the pin and you are trying to get them to move out of the way so that you can that you can help with the fight so go ahead and roll plus okay. cha great it's fantastic Ooh, actually six and five Oh, okay. Uh, uh, 11. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 6. I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> I think they, you know, they glance at each other real quickly and they're like, oh, we, we can use all the help we can get. And they and they turn and, and, and run into the Arboretum. The top of the stairs opens into a vast garden. Paths of river stone wind out in all directions from the stairs. 
They wend their way around groves of trees, clusters of shrubs and flowers. During the day is very likely a beautiful place, but it seems far less so on this particular night, with hardly any star or moonlight coming through the geodesic dome that covers the Arboretum. And knowing that somewhere amid the shadows and the winding paths, there are Grimshaw bandits waiting to kill whoever they can find. So then as you gain the, the top of the stairs there, you can see a, a fairly large, bulky humanoid shape, like walking into a grove, just kind of a, like a little ways off to the side. And you feel the dagger jerking in that direction. I let the rest of the group, rest of the group know, like I kind of give them subtle head nods and I point. Okay. And we make our way over to him, trying to, I guess, avoid any conflict if there is any. So I think that as you as you are running up towards that rock, maybe about halfway there, you see those two guards from the top of the stairs um, are fighting against four Grimshaw. And as you're running, you, you kind of see that like one of them there sees you out of like out of the corner of their their eye and shouts for your help. What are you guys doing? Let's go. Let's help them. We need to go get our target. We're not here for them. I I, I go for I go for my target. So I think that that behind you, you hear kind of like a, a dismayed cry from the from the guards. No, help us! As the the fighting continues, uh, clearly not in their favor. So you make your I'm way up thinking, to the. I'm, I'm trying to think in the moment here, and he's mm-hmm. just wanting to get whatever he's got to get done done. That's that sounds like the right move for then. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so you guys make your way up to that large rock and kind of are able you know as you just kind of come around the side you can see down there's just a, a very tiny valley because you know, like this isn't like a, a huge place but there is just like a little like kind of dip in the ground like a like a small pond off to one side and probably there's still like a good like 50 feet or so flat land and then this area is kind of like ringed with trees so it's a little like almost like a meditation type grove and down, like up by that pond, is that that large figure and two other Grimshaw, and they are fighting a couple of Ceruleans. The big guy and one of the sons are trading like magic back and forth. Like, you know, one's shooting a firebolt and the other one's blocking it, and kind of just it seems they seem pretty evenly matched for the moment. Um, what would you like to do? I kind of look to the rest of the group and I say the big guy and I want to change my minor illusion to remove my pin and put the mask on okay and I'm gonna if I can find a way to get into an opening and just try to like just get behind the the big guy and take a big stab at him with the dagger I think that again like it's 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 fairly dark um, there's not a lot of light in here there's some like from the kind of like the flashing of their of their spells um, but so there's I think there's enough shadows in here you could very easily shadow walk behind him and go for the attack all right so is this the backstab yep for usual mm-hmm. all right nine okay so you get to choose one is that you don't get in melee with them you deal extra damage you get plus one forward, or you reduce their armor. I uh, might as well just go for the extra damage, I guess, for now, because I don't know. Are we surrounded with them? The two Grimshaw, the two Suns are kind of in a melee, and then the two casters are kind of like circling around, like shooting over or around their companions to shoot at each other. So you okay. would be just like that one step farther back from the melee. Okay. I will do the create an advantage 
plus one forward uh, for me myself. Okay. Okay. So, so it's just the two d six for damage, right? Correct. Or Wait, do two d eight for damage? Two d eight. Two d eight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ooh, seven and seven, fourteen. Okay. Time to go play some slots. <laughs> so, what does the that advantage forward mean? Is it just gives me like a bonus or something? Yes. The next time you do something against him, you get a plus one. Nice. Okay, so yeah, so I think you, you get him... Um, what are you attacking him with? The dagger that uh, is wanting his blood. <laughs> okay. So you, you drive that, like, you know, right into his back. Um, and he, you know, kind of arches... His back kind of arches, and he stumbles forward. And so I think, like, the next thing you get to do against him, like, he's still kind of stumbling, and that's why you have have that advantage. The rest of you, as you see, then, like, disappear into the shadows and, like, pop back up behind the big guy and stab him what are you doing i'll rush up in his aid and i'll actually just try to grab the guy because okay. i feel like he has to be killed by this dagger mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah um i think we can still roll that as a hack and slash because that's i mean you're still like attacking them but your goal is to hold them rather than to okay would i use the strength modifier instead yeah. of that's uh, a 10 okay nice. um you get up there he is like kind of just recovering from, from stumbling so having this big burly uh, fighter come charging up to him and I guess I don't know how are you try, trying to grab him I've done this before I think but I like rush up and try to go like up under the arms and, like, mm-hmm. like you rush up and kind of like hit him with your weight to, to stumble him a little bit more and then as his arms pop up like to kind of catch his balance that's when you like slip in and grab you know into the, the full Nelson and so he's for the moment, uh, in pretty much incapacitated. I kind of really know what to do because I don't want to fire at these guys, but I don't want to kill this thing. Can I just hold my action? Would that be okay? Is he is he within earshot of me? Could I like talk to him or no? You're in the middle of stabbing this guy in the back, so true. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to do anything in the moment, you don't have to. That's for sure. Um, if you're waiting for an opening, yeah, I kind of want to. Yeah, I kind of want to wait on an opening because, like I said, I I know we need to kill it with this dagger. I'm not really sure what's going on, like. In the other part of the battle, I don't want to draw unwanted attention, so I think I'm just going to hold my action. Okay, so just let me know then when you do want to when you do want to chime in with something. Okay, Calico, are you doing anything? You're also waiting. Okay. All right. So Hans has this guy uh, pretty much secured, or and you know off balance. Um, what are you What are you guys doing? I'm 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 going in for a throat stab or or whatever a kill okay. a kill shot. Kill shot. Sure. <laughs> Just to make it a little interesting, Hans, why don't you give me a defy danger plus strength? Um, just kind of represent this guy struggling against you, particularly as he sees, you know, a dagger coming in at his throat. Is it just 2d6 again? Yep. Plus your strength plus your mod. Seven? Not as good as usual. Um, no, but I think it's, I, th- I think it's enough. Um, I think like he, you know, he lets out a, he lets out a cry as that's happening, kind of just like, you know, screaming to one of his guys. And that ends up distracting one of the, the Ceruleans. So he gets killed um, by one of the Grimshock, but you're able to hold on to the big guy. And so then you're able to throat shot him. Yeah. Collateral damage. Is that, a, is that like a stab or is that more like a, like a slice? Um, if I, I mean, if he's holding him and he's fairly still... And I can get in the position. I'll probably just take it and rake it through, like up through the neck into the head kind of area. That will do it. He's 
he's pretty dead. Even in like this this dim light, like with your with your dark vision, you can see some of the blood like I was already like soaking into the dagger. But then you feel it's still tugging, um, and is actually toward tugging towards the Sarul caster. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> of course it was. Calico and Leandros, who are both waiting to see the, the big guy go down. Last you heard, he was the target. So, do you want to do anything? I'm just going to look at Finn, like, all right, let's go. He's down. Let's go. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to hang out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Than, well, there's two Grimshaw now fighting the one. Um, and he's, so they're kind of backing him up towards the caster. And the caster seems to be kind of focused on trying to, to help the, her companion. I'll signal to the rest of the group and say this thing wants her next. I'll try to repeat the, if I can, try to shadow walk up behind her. Can I, am I near While she's preoccupied. You are near him, yeah. Did she have, does the caster have like a cerulean badge on her? Um, she's wearing uh, cerulean robes. Like it's, it's again, like it's, it's fairly dark. So particularly uh, for Hans, like is not able to make out too much, but you can make out like that. She's, she's wearing cerulean attire can i like can i like question then and say like i thought we were on their side we're here for the purpose of this dagger i don't know what's going on who is this i'm i don't i don't know i they're casting shit i don't recognize her i don't recognize her from or them from this distance do i no yeah i feel like but i don't just, my initial like when i was like i want to rush towards i feel like i don't run. okay i'll remind him i'll say i don't know what's going on but we need to get this done so we can get a job done. And I'll shadow walk behind her or towards her. Okay. Yeah, I think you're, I mean, you're, you're able to come up behind her without any issue. You've got a free and open shot at her back if you want it. It is... I will... I gave it away with the pronoun too early, but you can tell that this it's definitely is a woman. Um, definitely is a Cerulean caster. I'll take her, grab her by, up. like, the neck area <laughs> and stab <laughs> I'll stab into the, like the torso, heart area from the back, anyways. Sure. Roll your back step. <sighs> this is like fucked up from a Thomas making. A <laughs> yeah. To be fair, yeah. Devin doesn't want to do this. Devin does not want to, but Ben has to. Hit. I just think it's funny. Oh yeah, ten. Okay. So yeah, you get two of those. I'll deal the extra damage, and um, I'll create an advantage again. Just in case. Sure. So it's it's two d eight and one d six, correct? Yep. Five, six, seven, twelve. Okay. So the you feel that the dagger slams home, and again you can kind of feel that like somehow through your connection to the dagger you can feel it it pulling uh, like her blood into the dagger, and she lets out a cry. And you can just feel the dagger is pulling in more and more from her. A lot more than it did from, like, the guy when you stabbed him. And I think she she kind of staggers forward just a little bit off the dagger and kind of turns around in your arm to look at you. And you can see that it, it's the oh, face that you recognize. It is Lore. You remember her very well. During your first adventures as part of the Cerulean Sons, she helped you significantly, um, even giving you a number of quests. You two had grown quite close and were actually on the verge of a romantic relationship. For us, that was a little bit more than a year ago, but for Thad, that was less than a month ago was the last time you saw her. 
mean? And she's got a, just like a look of shock in her eyes, and she reaches up, kind of gingerly, like her her strength fading, and she wipes at the mask on your face, and it disappears. And she just looks at you in the eyes and says, questioningly, just then. And then you watch the light go out of her eyes, and you can feel that too oh, being sucked into the dagger. And she's gone. Then, then. Then doesn't have any emotion for this. I gave those gave those up a while ago. Which I just want to say, like, if this had happened before, then this would have been a much cooler moment. But <laughs> it would have, yeah. <laughs> or more messed up, anyway. I don't know about cooler, but yeah, nobody's oh here to God. tell them. you're a monster. <laughs> well, let me give you a little more. A little movement over Lore's shoulder catches your eye, then, and you look up to see Cloud standing, kind of just at the edge of this grove arms wrapped around her like she's giving herself a hug and she is just staring at you with a very sad look in her eyes this is mean um, it is all Adam react <laughs> so as the last bit of life fades out of lore um, the two ceruleans who are left are able to take down the Grimshaw and they turn on into you know to see Fen holding Lore dead in one arm. I'm gonna use my reaction that I held if that's okay. Absolutely. Okay, and I'm gonna cast uh, a fireball at them. I'm gonna use my staff that I never use uh, that I have uh, some stored in there. Okay. And I'm gonna use okay. a fireball on that. Okay, roll it up. Thirteen. Okay, that's that's 13. a good hit. I'm gonna use my empowered magic as well with that. It's so fireball is two d six. So empowered, that's a full 12 damage. Okay, so that, that fireball, I think, explodes right between them, kind of just behind them. The flames kind of, you know, uh, expanding into that, that little grove, coming just shy of Hans and Than. The, the fireball doesn't kill those two guards outright, but they both collapse, just covered in flames, and you know, start to kind of scream. as their their flesh begins to char and crisp and they again are not dead outright but are going to be very shortly so can i uh, can i go up and just end it real quick for him yep yep and um i will approach leandros and i'll kind of flip and twirl the dagger and put the hilt towards him and i say get us the hell out of here I grab it. I grab the dagger from him. Uh, with the staff still in my hand, I'm going to start drawing an arcane circle big enough to fit all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of put the staff away, pull out my book, uh, flip through it, um, put the, the dagger in the middle of the circle, saying a chant in some type of arcane language. My eyes glow red. The symbol on my forehead that kind of always glows red, that third eye I always talk about, starts glowing red. The circle then empowers in a flash of red arcane light. Gone. Okay. There so you go. the dagger <laughs> brings you right back into uh, Orthorn's office, and she is as you come in, and as that you know the the the, the same kind of like that blue light vanishes, and you are kind of standing in that circle. She must have been like sleeping at her desk because she you know kind of jolts upright in her in her chair and kind of like snorting like oh oh good you're back. I feel like Hans um, is still kind of like a little dumbfounded right now because sure um, you're 
then man, he didn't make it like clear, but like it was pretty clear. Like he, like from what I know of him, like I guess now we know that he used to be involved with this thing too, and we were clearly fighting on their behalf the whole time until the last one when he just turned on them. <laughs> so. I feel like I'm kind of not like moping around, but like just not like before the last time I was in the office, I was like playful and stuff. And now mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just going to be like quiet, kind of standing in the corner. For sure. All right. So she um, she asks then for the dagger. I hand it to her and I say the job's done. She she takes the dagger and um, as she kind of, you know, um, is grasping it, you see the, the, the sapphire glow a little bit on the end. And she said, yes, yes, I know it is. You've done you've done a good thing here. Who was she? Why is she so important to you? She was a rival. We had been fighting for decades. Smart. I would have done the same thing with somebody else to do my dirty work. I admire that about you. If you're not as uh, incompetent as I thought initially. Well, as I said, if you're ever interested in a lesson, I'd be happy to teach you. <laughs> I appreciate the gesture. And then she says that she uh, would be happy to go with you tomorrow to wherever this uh, teleportation circle is that you found and she'll be able to tell you where the last you know spell took whoever used it yeah that sounds good i at least want to i think i'd like to go back to the inn if that's possible sure and uh definitely like longest nap i could possibly take (laughs) like just just be out Mm -hmm. trying to recover as best i can okay I also, uh, reminding them, let's try to keep a watch. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> Back at the inn, Calico, you see another cat waiting outside for you with a, with a collar. Okay. I like the, I like the cat messenger service. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's how the gardeners communicate. I like it. Is she telling them what the cats say? I don't know. Have you been telling them what the cats say? No. How rude. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you all let you know? So this one says, lovely night to watch the sunset from, and then there's a symbol um, that kind of looks like a, like a, almost kind of like an iguana, like circling around, like head towards its own tail. Uh, it says, rain expected to end by 12. Watch the clouds pass at, and then there's another symbol that looks like two almost like staff-like objects crossed over each other. And you recognize both of the the symbols. As you're reading it, the cat pads quietly away and disappears into the shadows of Arthmore. Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. Next week's episode marks our season finale. I cannot stress enough, without actually just spoiling the whole episode, I cannot stress how much I love Chapter 12. It is surprising, it is intense, and it redefines the entire second half of the campaign. Hopefully, you are as excited for it as we are. If you have enjoyed our endeavors, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wild Endeavors. But even more than that, if you've enjoyed the adventure so far, tell a friend. The best adventures are the ones we can share with people who matter the most to us. So share this story with them and make our endeavors your adventure. As always, thank you to Kevin McLeod for the great music. 
and we hope you join us again next week. Crazy shit. <laughs> that, was, I was not expecting that. No. It's fucked up. It's just you sad because like no one was there to tell Ben like who it was. And he, even if he did, he probably wouldn't care now. But still. No, I knew who it was. Yeah, yeah, he knew who it was, but like his, uh, like any romantic feelings he might have had were gone. <laughs> like she was just yeah, someone was... he knew. Yeah, like I forgot what happened, but I rolled something and I had to give up something personal of mine, and I gave sure. up any any feelings for her. And, and and in that way, he had already almost like kind of already sacrificed her. Like there's he's giving up so much of himself with that with that shadow stuff, all in the name of getting back to his sister. And this was just a little bit more visceral uh, representation of that. Mm. Yeah, crazy shit. <laughs> All right. It's it, it's interesting story. It's cool, like where it's going, because I mean, it just fits the character well. I think for them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious where he might end up going if he survives, or yeah, me too. Know. Me too. I was just say like it, it just like it, if it comes to be like if he somehow gets healed or something like that and restored, like just the flood of the emotions possibly rushing back from all that he did. Mm-hmm. That just Killed that just his crazy. girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it just be it would, it would be an interesting thing if that were to ever happen. Yeah, you know? that would just, um, that would break the character. Like the character would be just like a broken shamble. Yeah, um, I think more and more the odds of Than having a happy ending are pretty are getting slimmer and slimmer. Um. Yeah. <laughs>